In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. The epiphany of the Lord, the manifestation, the revelation of Christ, is actually threefold. For centuries, the church has understood there to be three public events that manifest our Lord to the whole world, recognizing that his birth was still relatively in in secret. An experience for his mother, for St. Joseph, a privileged experience for the shepherds to whom the angels visited and described what had just happened. And so in this first epiphany, with the visit of the Magi, our Lord is now being manifested to the whole world. Manifested to those who seek him out. The second great epiphany, which we celebrate liturgically, it'll be tomorrow for uh, the current Roman calendar, is the baptism of the Lord. In his baptism in the River Jordan, St. John the Baptist, who already knew Christ as his younger cousin, is made to recognize him as the Messiah because of the dove that descends upon him after the ritual in the river. A sign that had been told to St. John the Baptist by God to observe, to be able to recognize who the Messiah was. St. John the Baptist knew the Messiah would come after him. And yet also described the Messiah as one who existed before him which helps explain why St. John the Baptist was surprised that Christ was the Messiah. Even though he's the holiest man he had ever met, he knew that the Messiah existed before him. Christ, being months younger than him, is now manifest. And St. John the Baptist can then tell his followers, behold the Lamb of God. He can begin to tell everyone, This is the one to follow. And then the last great epiphany, which again, we celebrate liturgically, is the wedding feast of Cana, our Lord's first public miracle. Now it's on display, not only for the whole world, but even for all the angels, and particularly particularly the fallen angels. They see that this one, about whom so many amazing things have been said, has supernatural power from God to work miracles. In these three great epiphanies, our Lord is made manifest. In this first of them, in the visit of the Magi, he's made manifest to those who go seek him out. And people are still seeking him out. It was at the December 27th, parish feast day open house in the rectory that in the course of just discussing all the good things that happened in 2016, it came to mind, speaking with uh, one of you, that there was a family that we had come to know, and we haven't seen them in a long time. As a, as, as a pastor, I always simply assume the worst. 
Um, that's just, actually, it's not because I'm your pastor. It's because it's my last name is Pollard. But um, I, I just assume the worst. You know, oh, somebody, something bad happened. Or I said something stupid. Or I neglected to do something. Or somebody offended them. Or somebody was way over the top. Or something which is way too intense. And we don't, we're, that's why we're not seeing them anymore. So trepidatiously, I sent them an email later that day on December 27th saying, Merry Christmas, hope, every, hope you're well. And the reply was amazing. That much more amazing, this was a couple that we had met early in 2016 because they were starting to come visit St. John the Beloved to inquire about becoming Catholic. And the reply was overwhelming. They were back in their old home. The family had been here just for a short time for temporary active duty in the military. And they were already part of a Catholic parish back home, and they're in RCIA, and they're going to become Catholic at Easter. So not only is that a relief and good news, but it's still also amazing that there are people who seek him out. Our religion isn't something that is infused in you only. It is infused in you in baptism. But that's not the only aspect to it. And it's certainly not a religion that's just a secret into which you were recruited. Like quite a few secret cults that still attract a lot of people and a lot of money. This is a faith that was made possible for everyone in the world to discover by God's design. And people who are seeking the truth, people who are seeking the deepest relationship with God, still end up finding him here despite us. It seems as though there's a big difference between the way these people discover Christ in the sacraments in the Catholic Church as adults, as opposed to the way we we're born into it, either happily and beautifully or um, in a way that's completely unfair because before we even know it, we already have this, this conscience that afflicts us when we do bad things and rewards us when we do good things. Instead of thinking it simply either as the greatest blessing or the worst curse. I don't know why I'm looking at you when I say good things and looking at you when I say bad things. I'll switch that across. But if you are an adult who still professes the Catholic faith, it means that you at a point in time, whether you were 8 years old or 10 or 12 or 18 or 20, already believing, already going to church, decided, you know what, I've heard a lot of things about Jesus. I need to discover if this is really true. That's how everyone becomes a real believer. No one is simply born into it. No one simply has it infused in them. If we simply accept this as, well, this is what I've always believed, and this is what everyone around me, that's what they all say, 
We take the path of least resistance, life being easier when we go along with it, and then maybe freshman year of high school, maybe freshman year of college, maybe first day on the job, we realize life's going to be a lot easier if I don't go along with that anymore. And I'm not even sure I really believed it in the first place. We even think sometimes of the the great privilege of the apostles who knew him, who lived with him, who saw him, ate with him. They also heard about him and they went out of their way to decide, to discover, to analyze, is all of this really true? Andrew and John, who heard John the Baptist say, behold, the Lamb of God, they followed him. They wanted to see what he was all about. They weren't already worshiping him. They needed to see. Andrew grabbed his brother Peter immediately, Simon, rather. At first, his name was, and then our Lord changed his name to Peter. The disciples of John the Baptist. The, the, the Jews that came up to Nathaniel to be able to, to talk to Jesus. Anyone who knows Christ, whether it be 2,000 years ago or today, is someone who sought him out to figure out, are all the things that I heard true? There is no prepackaged answer. There is some revelation about him, some description of him, But there's no possible way that someone can know ahead of time what they will discover when they realize that Christ truly is the Son of God. It was still a marvel as Our Lady reflected on all the things that were said of him, constantly pondering everything in her heart, always learning, always putting the pieces together. The Magi came knowing something, but not knowing all that they would discover. And in them, in particular, there's a lesson to be learned. Because there are those also who... knew him, and no longer follow him. The Magi came to honor the truth. The Magi came to do him homage. There are those who will seek out Christ in a very different way. They'll seek him out for an advantage. They'll seek him out for a favor. They'll seek him out to be entertained. And they will be disappointed. There's another family I heard about recently who used to come to church here, no longer do. Again, worst case scenario, all right, who said what or what happened or who didn't return their phone call or who was over the top or who was inflexible or who was... No, they simply gave up on praying and, in fact, make fun of people who pray. Now, we don't know the circumstances. We don't know how people suffer and in what way that that 
corrodes their relationship with God. But we can say simply and clearly, we don't pray to change God, and we're hopefully not praying to get stuff. We pray because he's God. We worship him because he is the Lord God, the creator of heaven and earth, of all things visible and invisible. We, we worship him and offer sacrifice to him simply because he is God, period. And his benevolence, he, be, he allows us to benefit from this experience. He allows us to become more like him. He sanctifies us. And even at first, there may be little ways that we, we pray for selfish reasons or go to Mass for, for what we get out of it. But if it remains on that level, we will eventually quit and despise all of it. The Magi, on the other hand, they didn't come to get something out of it. They didn't come to ask for a favor. They didn't come for any advantage. They came simply to do him homage, and they found him. And so for us, I think there's, there's a lot of lessons to draw from this, but two are worth pointing out. One, we need to constantly seek him out, even when we think we know him. And secondly, people will seek him out in your home. And people, hopefully, will find him there. So on this Feast of the Epiphany, let us pray to be more like the Magi, who seek him out with pure intention. Let us also be more like the Holy Family, where Christ will be found. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.